This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. I know, sometimes it is just exhausting being a parent. It's a job that just never stops. If you've woken up once, twice, three times last night, if you've wondered why you only like your children while they're asleep, or even if you just feel sick about having to fold another basket of washing, you might decide that you're experiencing parental burnout. But are you just tired and annoyed? Or is it something way more serious? Parental burnout has been widely studied and discussed in the French-speaking world since 2017, but it's still little known or recognised here in Australia. Helene Gartland is a French psychologist and she's now the first Australian to have completed the Training Institute for Parental Burnouts certification program. And she joins us today to explain this whole idea of parental burnout and the serious psychological condition it actually is. So parental burnout affects parents who are exposed to parental stress and lack the resources to cope with this stress. So the first one to appear is the exhaustion from the parental role. So this exhaustion can manifest on an emotional level or on a cognitive level or on a physical level. So for example, parents can say, oh, my battery is low or when they wake up, they are still tired. Another symptom is the overload and loss of pleasure from parenting. And the parents are unable to help being a parent anymore. They are like overwhelmed and they no longer have pleasure from parenting. Helene, it's lovely to meet you. Now, while here in Australia, we always talk about being exhausted and burnt out as parents. But in France and Belgium, parental burnout is actually a formally diagnosed condition. Yes, so you're really right. So before 2017, it wasn't really even studied outside of France. And it's actually outside of Belgium, I should say. It's actually two Belgium researchers, Isabel and Moira, so Isabel Roskam and Moira Mikola-Jack, who studied it intensively since 2017 and who really studied the symptoms and the risks and the treatment. But in Australia, I feel like parents can use the term but not really knowing exactly what it is or not knowing that there is actually a treatment that are working really well. So, yes, I'm trying to work on that. Elaine, can you tell us what the formal definition of parental burnout is? You know, Because that, that's got to be a big part of this research is setting down the guidelines or the, the parameters of what is really parental burnout. Yes, so when they did the research, they had to go through what was job burnout and realize what was parental burnout. So parental burnout affects parents who are exposed to parental stress and lack the resources to cope with this stress. And what they found out is there is um, there are a few symptoms that are similar than job burnout, but not exactly the same. So the first one to appear is the exhaustion from the parental role. So this exhaustion can manifest on an emotional level or on a cognitive level or on a physical level. So for example, parents can say, oh, my battery is low, or when they wake up, they are still tired. Another symptom is the overload and loss of pleasure from parenting. 
And the parents are unable to have being a parent anymore. They are like overwhelmed and they no longer have pleasure from parenting. That's a big one. And the third one is the emotional distancing from their children. So this is the biggest difference with job burnout because what they find is parents are still in love with their children, which is an amazing news but they don't have the wishes to know more about their children or to put more effort in the relationship. So they pay less attention to what their children will say or they don't really listen. So that's that's the third symptom. But the big crucial last aspect of parental burnout is actually the contrast between how the parents are and how they used to be. So they often describe themselves as a shadow of themselves. And this results in more guilt and shame from the parents. So that's a big one, the last one. You, parental burnout is not something that you have as soon as you have a baby. It's something that comes with time. I can imagine that I could say flippantly when I've got a newborn that's waking several times during the night that needs to be fed and I'm lacking sleep and, uh, you know, that all that sort of turmoil. But that, that doesn't quite compare to, say, the parent of a, a very disabled child that maybe they need to wake several times in the night to change a, a feeding tube. You can understand that there's levels of stress and physical requirements of being a parent. Yes, exactly. So Isabel and Moira have done a massive study, and I think it was 44 countries did a study with them. And the goal was to try to find the risk factors of parental burnout. And as you said, like there are situations that are more difficult and bring more stress to parents for so having a sick a child or a handicapped child. But what they found out is actually it's more about the balance. So if you can have massive stressors, but if you have very good resources to deal with the stress, you will be fine. So it's more a balance between the two. So yes, if you are the only one to have to wake up to your child when he's six months old, you have been the only one for ages and you are not making it anymore and you have no rewards from your parenting role, uh, you can become in parental burnout. On the opposite, if you have a handicapped child, but you have a massive support around you and you love your child and your child is in a, like you have so many rewards and your relationship is strong, then you won't be uh, as much as risk in, of parental burnout. So, yeah, that's more about the stressor and the resources. But what they found is that there are some risks that are much more powerful than others. And for example, it's the way you deal with stressful situations. Another big one is a desire to be a perfect parent or difficulty delegating parental responsibilities. Of course, being a full-time parent is also another one, which I say, of course, but actually some people will think, oh, you have time to be to do everything, but no, actually, because you're only a parent, it's quite hard on the mental health. So, yeah, there is a few things like this that bring more risk of parental burnout. Is the parent's mental health also a factor? Say, if you have an undiagnosed low-lying depression, can that potentially exacerbate parental burnout? Yes, it does. And what is good news is most of the treatment is actually only with the parents. 
So you don't have to change the situation. You don't have to go and see the children. You can only work on the mental health of the parents. And in three months, the study have shown that you can not be in burnout anymore. So from very high burnout, three months later, they found out that there is no more burnout symptoms. So the mental health of the person and the way his history, his personality, where he comes from, he's the main risk factor, are the main risk factors. They found out that actually there is no parental burnout, for example, in African continents and the African continent just because there is a massive support there. But there is massive parental burnout in individualistic countries. And the top one individualistic countries is Australia. So this is a massive risk factor that we all, we want to do everything by ourselves. And I can't imagine that the COVID situation has improved things for parents that are experiencing burnout because so many supports have been taken away. Yes. So it's quite interesting. So we can think that the COVID has been a situation that has been harder for people in parental burnout. And yes, it has. For people in parental burnout, it has been much harder. And what is really hard is the symptoms are worse. And the two symptoms that we really need to be careful of with parents experiencing parental burnout is firstly the escape and suicidal thoughts. So this is due to the fact that parents in burnout often have the feeling that they are stuck with the source of their suffering and thus for life. It's not like a job burnout where you can just take holiday leave or even leave your job. When you're a parent, you are there for life. So the escape and suicidal thoughts are symptoms of parental burnout. And the second one is the higher levels of child abuse and neglect. And I haven't touched yet really on the cortisol level, but what they found is actually the cortisol level in parents in parental burnout is extremely high. And cortisol is known to fuel anger and harsh parenting practices. So as a result, parents who even have never, well, never been violent before or were even philosophically opposed to violence can become violent. So the end is bring even more guilt and shame. So these are the two symptoms that are really hard when we are in an isolation situation. But the good thing is actually they found out that in the survey they did during COVID, 34% of parents were better off. So that was a good news, and that's good to finish on that when I yes. before. But so 30% of parents are better off, and that's because of the pressure. So these parents who are better off are the parents who are reporting less stress in their life due to more quality time with the family, less pressure from homework and activities and social things. So 30% of parents were better off. How interesting. Now, Helene, with a phrase like parental burnout, it's it's perhaps easy to dismiss it as an, oh, look, all parents get burnout at some point. But you're saying this is, this is life-threatening. This is the sort of thing, if it does lead to thoughts of suicide, that push on to the actual act or harm to children. So this is something we should be taking very seriously. Yes. Yes, very, very seriously. And we don't have a lot of story here in Australia yet, but in uh, Belgium, there are people who go to the emergency room and this is a time where they are like, actually, I need help. 
So the more we prevent, and that's why I'm very excited to do your podcast, because the more we can go in prevention and the more we can say to parents who are going to have babies or who have small babies, please take your time to look at your resources. Make sure that you are not alone and or make sure that you don't try to be perfect parents. The more we can do this, the more we can prevent it. Uh, but yes, it should be taken very seriously. Well, the good news is that you actually work on helping families turn this around by actually offering a a course for parents. Can you give us an idea what your cure looks like? Yes. Just to come back to what you said before, when people say every parent has parental burnout at one point, like it's like a risk syndrome. It's, it's a question of how, ma- how many times do you feel the symptoms during the day. So actually, you can go on my website or the Training Institute of Parental Burnout website, and there is a test online that you can do, and you will answer the question, and it will tell you how far you are in parental burnout. But yes, so it's how often do you have the symptoms? Do you feel tired once a day, once a week, once a month? Do you feel having suicidal thoughts? once a day, once a week, once a month, once a year, never. So it's more about that. But yes, so once we know that we need treatment and you are ready for treatment because a lot of people need treatment, but they don't have the, they don't don't do the last step of asking for help. So the training is eight weeks and we go through every massive risk factors and we go quite deep into what makes you in parental burnout and how we can rebalance this scale. So there is, for example, there is one uh, session on perfectionists, if people think they need to. There is one session on how to ask for help. Uh, there is, so there is a lot of sessions that are really specific into the risks. The biggest one is the emotional competency, so working on how do you deal with stress. I feel really bad that I was thinking it was some mothers that were stressed about something little, but I can imagine that you would see families and particularly parents, you would see them come with huge shame about how this burnout is affecting their behaviour towards their children. Yes, because the people who come, they really try their best and they really want to be the best parent they can. So it's a, it's a very beautiful therapy for the coach um, because it's it's actually you have the parents who come and they're very disappointed with where they are at um, and then they think they are the only one so that's also something because no one talk about it they all think they are the only one so you can you are talking to them and saying no actually you're not the only one who have issues with your children or you're not the only one who screams sometimes you're not the only one who cannot deal with your children not having a bath or you're not the only one who has a child who doesn't listen. And they're like, oh. And the most interesting is actually when they know each other and they realize, you too? <laughs> and so because I try to do groups also depending on their, um, so for example, I did a group for women from doctors. So they're like, oh, you too, you're in parental burnout. I had no idea. I thought you were the perfect parent. Yes. And so, yeah, so once we go through that, it's, um, it's very interesting. So the first few sessions are actually very, very interesting. And then, yes, they, they realize, oh, my gosh, I'm not the only one, so what can I do? And, oh, my gosh, I don't have to do it all by myself. And it's really, really interesting because there's such a pressure from the society, so it's taking away this pressure and coming back to 
no, what do you want? What do you need? How are you going to deal with it? Um, so it's a great, great thing to do. Helene, in a sense, you would see a real subset of parents experiencing burnout, you know, the ones that are willing to admit that they need help. But if you had to define the sort of parent that is most likely to fall into this trap, can you give us an idea of what their profile might be like? Yes, so definitely people who live in Western countries, so Australia, America, Canada, England, France, and all Western countries, um, that would be one big thing. If they have the culture of being individualistic, so people want to do everything by themselves. Um, the second thing is actually if it's, it's actually a big one. So if you are you have wishing to have a parent, you have wishing to be a parent for years. So you have done, for example, IVF treatment, or you have dreamed about being a mother for very long. And when you become a parent, you actually become only a parent, and you leave all your other identities away. So, for example, you are not seeing your friends anymore. You are not giving time to your couple anymore. You are not uh, doing any voluntary activities, or, and, and you're not working anymore. So for all your other identities, you are not doing them anymore. And if you're in your parental role, but it is not what you were expecting, so it is not um, all joy and all beautiful, and it is not, and it often doesn't. And if you don't have the reward from it, so it doesn't come just from the child, but if the society doesn't give you rewards, which is not happening in our society, being a full-time mother is not considered as a job. And it's, it, it's, a, it's a mistake, I believe. So if it's not rewarded by the society or by your friends or by your, by your partner, then you will get very in, in a difficult position in your mental health because you will find that you are doing something that is not well regarded. And so that's where you can become in parental burnout. So it's very important to actually keep your other identities and be really aware that you, the parenting journey is not going to be exactly as you were thinking it would be. So being a mother is also a big one. It comes from the fact that still 70% of the mental charge is done is in women's shoulders. The men are still doing a lot, don't get me wrong, but the women are doing are thinking the most about what you have to do in the house. So it's much more difficult for a woman than a man. However, when men are in parental burnout, they have much more severe symptoms. So they are more susceptible of children abuse, um, so which is a big one to know. So it's because so they are capable of dealing with less stressful situation than a woman. So a woman, a woman is more like when, when we have babies, when we have children, and we teach women to care about child, to cook, to, in our pretending play, but we don't do this with our boys. And for that reason, when the boys become men, they are not as resilient as that, so they don't have the resources necessary to deal with stressful situations as a parent. So that's a big thing to look into it. So that's, that, that would be the main risk factor and, and people that we should be looking for to help first. Yes, and so definitely encourage your little boys to play with dolls then yes and and to i don't like to say multitasking because multitasking is actually not something that our brain can easily do except if it's an automatic task but yes definitely teaching a child to be a teaching every children woman and man 
to be a healthy young child, to deal with stressful situations, and to help them to be more competent emotionally, it will definitely help them in the long term as a parent. How would you recognise that you were perhaps falling into this sort of burnout in yourself? Because sometimes it's, it is really hard to notice that you know things are going downhill and people that I've spoken to that have had various mental health situations they say that they kind of think that something might not be going so well but it it very often is somebody else will point out just you know how far things have slipped yes yeah exactly right so yes so for the the first symptom the symptom that I explained before they come first second and third as I said then so the first symptom is exhaustion so that would be the first one you will see so if you are exhausted which means like you wake up in the morning and just the fact to think about what you have to do during the day is just too much. So that's this kind of exhaustion, not the normal parent exhaustion. So that would be the first one. But also, as you said, it's often the, par- the children or the partner who will say, hmm, you're a tiny bit more grumpy or a tiny bit more irritable. And they will tell you, you are not exactly as you were before what's happening with you. So uh, it's quite interesting to see that children are capable of seeing it. So often in the workshop that we do in the eight weeks, I explain to parents how to talk about it with the children because the children know something has changed. And what is very interesting is actually, I often have feedback after the, the sessions saying, oh my gosh, you only work with me, but my children are 10 times happier they are not stressed anymore about my reactions. They are not worried that I will be screaming. So the children know. So you can ask your children, how am I? Am I different? Am I more uh, irritable? Um, and they know if you are different. Obviously, working your way through it, seeking help, is, can make a huge difference in everybody's lives. Yes. I know some people are so often not ready to have a session with a psychologist. So I actually have a Facebook group, which is called Parental Burnout. And it's a great way to just have other parents helping. There's two types of therapy. There is the individual therapy and there's a group therapy. And what they found out at the moment is the group therapy works really well because, as I said, he explained to parents, you're not alone. And I'm trying to do this with the Facebook group. And I can see, like, today again, some people are just like, oh, my gosh, I'm not the only one. Thank you so much for for sharing your experience because I feel the same. So it's it's very um, healing to hear from others. So if people want to join the group and get ideas on how to to get better just with some small tips, that's a great way to begin. Yes. It's worth understanding that people who get very angry about things are not just bad-tempered people. They're, they're people that expect so much from themselves and those around them. It's, it's not necessarily a sign of weakness or lack of temper. It it's actually means the other side of things. Yes, yeah, so there would be two reasons for that. And yes, as you said, like the high expectation. So people in parental burnout often have higher expectation of themselves than, non, than other people. And that's a big one. And so we work a lot on that in the training. But the other thing is the cortisol levels. And the cortisol levels in parental burnout 
are extremely high. And it's because you never have a break. So it's not, again, like job burnout. So it's cortisol in job burnout are high, but because people can have a break, it's not as high as parental burnout. And cortisol level is so bad for so many reasons. And I, I heard your podcast not a long time ago about alcohol. And cortisol, um, when you have high level of cortisol, you can be more dependent from alcohol. So it's a really big one to, to know. So people in parental burnout are more at risk to uh, use alcohol as a medication. Yeah. And Helena, with everything, everything to do with parenting, we're hoping to make the next generation not go through all this rubbish that we did too. So you're setting your children up to become parents as well. Hmm. Yes, yes. And uh, there's so much we have to do. And I really hope we can change how the society is thinking about parenting. So the first thing that I'm hoping to do with in podcast and talking to people is that we understand that we have to offer help to parents. Because as I said, some parents, their personality is to be doing everything by themselves. But if you offer help, maybe at one point they will take it. Or maybe not day one, but maybe day 10, maybe after three months. At one point they will take your help. Or even don't even ask, put a plate in front of their door. So having more this village idea, and that would be a big one to help with how we can change the society. But also, there's so much more that we can do in the society to change the way we see parenting. And the biggest one would be to not expect men and women to be perfect in every identity. So we are asking men and women now to be 100% in their work and at home. And that's not possible. We have chosen, and that's probably great, we have chosen to have women going to work and men going back home, like working more at home. And that's, we have to learn how to deal with this new idea. And some of us don't even have parents doing it. So for example, for me, I have a very traditional family and my mom stayed home and my dad worked. So I haven't been trained to see how you deal with sharing tasks. So we need to, to show that to children. We need to show how partners share tasks. How do you work well at one point at work and how sometimes you go, okay, now I'm going to put more effort in my family life. So trying to explain to our children that you cannot be 100% all the time everywhere and that's okay. Gosh, a lot of things have to change, I believe, Helene. Oh, we are already, don't get me wrong, we are already (laughs) going, we are really going in a beautiful new way of parenting and, and there's great example of how amazing we are doing with parenting. But I think in our journey to go better with parenting, we forgot the parents. Um, but definitely the 21st century has bring parental burnout because of changes in a lot of things. And one of them is um, all the books and um, everything like Facebook and all that kind of stuff that say to parents, you should be doing that. You should be doing that. And this has bring a lot of pressure on parents. And I hope parents will understand that you do your best. Mm. <laughs> do your best all the time. But you are already doing it. So don't, don't over try. Don't try to follow 
any books or anything, just try to follow your guts. And sometimes, sometimes you won't be the best parent ever. And that's okay. That's okay. One day you will teach your children that you cannot be always right. And that's okay. Helen Gartlin, a family coach, psychologist and a specialist helping with parental burnout. It was such a pleasure to meet Helen and fascinating to understand how our society that can set such a high standard of parenthood can be the cause of so much anxiety. Do search out the Baby Talk website if you want to connect to Helen's work or groups or or even take the parental burnout test. And I sincerely hope that really you're just like me, a bit tired Or if it is something more serious that this interview might encourage you to explore some ways to get help. On Baby Talk last week, we heard brave stories of parenting, parents who live with a disability. 20% of the Australian population have a disability and more than 15% of the Australian population have at least one parent with a disability. And yet we're represented nowhere. And that Baby Talk podcast is available online at Baby Talk on the ABC website and the ABC Listen app. I'm Penny Johnston. I'll see you next time on Baby Talk. ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Digital Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.